0: governor ned lamont has got a lot of things to talk about today pretty newsworthy week governor thanks for joining us today and well let's start off about what you felt were some of the key points in your 2021 state of the state address
1: hey wayne uh, good morning um 26 degrees don't you wish the covid virus froze to death that would be amazing look the speech was about what we've learned in the last 10 months and how connecticut can come out of um uh, this COVID crisis uh, stronger. And uh, we've learned in terms of, um, for example, um, the importance of IT and um, making sure people are connected to the Internet. We used to think that was a nice thing to have. Now we re- realize when it comes to learning, when it comes to telehealth, even when it comes to telecommuting, it's a, it's a basic right. We've got to make sure that everybody has that access. And those are the type of investments we want to make to keep Connecticut... Um, With a window or back, a lot of young people are moving to the state. They realize um, you don't have to be in New York or Boston or another city. You can do a lot of what you want to do, um, you know, right here in Connecticut.
0: So you talk about improving IT. Specifically, how do you do that? How does the state help residents of the state get better access? Well, the first
1: thing we did do was uh, get 140,000 laptops out to people who otherwise didn't have uh, that connection. We extended the Internet and provided service for them. We've got, um, you know, dozens of free Wi-Fi hotspots. I'd like to extend that to other towns just so that um, you have access uh, from the town square, just like you have from the Starbucks right now. Uh, you know, beyond that, we're going to be working on some regulatory things that push the IT, the telecom companies to make sure everybody can get connected.
0: And you also didn't waste any time beginning your state of the state address by saying "Good riddance, 2020." And then you predicted a rebound for the state. We're still pretty bad now with the, with the COVID numbers. What signs are there that you see that will make 2021 better than 2020?
1: First of all, the vaccine is going to make enormous difference. Give us a little time. Uh, everybody's jumping in. Put me to the front of the line. Um, we've got uh, today. We're going to have. Um, all the nursing homes will have their first uh, vaccination. All of them. First in the country to be able to say that. Of course, we have to, they need a second um, shot now as well. And almost all, most of the hospitals. And then we can start moving into the next group, which are the, uh, mainly the essential workers and folks of uh, 75 and over, the most vulnerable. Those are our big priorities for the next uh, 30, 40 days.
0: And I'm going to pat you and your people on the back because there's been stories out there about how efficient the vaccine distribution has been in Connecticut, much more so than not just some New England states, but around the country. You look at that disaster they had with people lining up on the streets in Florida, and I just want you to just say a couple of words about your team and how we were able to do it as efficiently, maybe more so than most, if not all states in the country.
1: No, thank you for that question and use the right word team. I mean, it starts with the uh, Deirdre Gifford and the amazing people at public health. They pre-planned this working closely with our hospitals, making sure the vaccine got there on time, uh, working closely with the nursing homes, putting in place the refrigeration so you could do it. We've got a computer tablet now so we can tell who's had their first, when they need the uh, second. And, and Wayne, a little shout out to the feds. You know, they did not get it right when it came to PPE, but I think when it comes to uh, the vaccine, they both purchased it, and it's slow getting out to us, but it's getting out to us, and they've got us what they promised us. I'd like to double the the vaccines. We could double the number of people vaccinated.
0: The infection rate came out yesterday at 6.3%, which uh, is the second lowest we've had in this first week. But it also followed the 8.6% two days ago. That's the highest so far. Have we gotten this spike that you expected following the holiday season? And is it your feeling or your hope that now that we're beyond the holiday season, those numbers may come down?
1: I think, um, what are we, 10 days post-Christmas, a couple weeks since the beginning of those holidays? And, uh, we have not had the surge up we worried about, but, uh, watch out. Some of our neighbors, including Rhode Island, have very high infection rates. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not an island there, but also remember, um, we had our first two detections of the highly infectious British strain. That was in the greater New Haven area. So we have to watch that very carefully to see, um, what risk that involves.
0: Yeah, that's the B117 strain and there are reports that it might be more contagious among children. Does that affect your decision as far as in-person schooling? Uh I can tell
1: you that the two people who um uh, detected it so far were 15 and 25. Uh both had done some traveling. So um that does um make you think. But remember um Uh, A fourth grader in a classroom wearing a mask um, is probably better off than um, that same fourth grader um, palling around with his or her chums uh, in a less supervised situation.
0: So you're number six in the country in per capita vaccination so far. So that's rolled out pretty well with, of course, the first responders and the, the nursing home people primarily. Tell me about the sequence, though, and just for the average person, a 50-year-old or living in Wyndham Center, what would be the timetable for when they might have access to getting the vaccine?
1: Uh, I would say, first of all, if you are a first responder, are you somebody that um, has to deal with people every day? Maybe you're in food service, maybe you're in daycare. Uh, Those would be people at the front of the line just so they can continue to work and work safely if um that's number one number two if you're uh, a little older you have a uh, um comorbidity or pre-existing conditions um we get you close to the front of the line just in the name of uh safety
0: which vaccine do you think we will get and do you have the option do i have the option of picking the vaccine that i want
1: wayne i don't think so um that, that's probably just one more level of complexity uh You know, generally the Moderna is going to go to one site and the Pfizer is going to go to another site. You know, perhaps we can figure out, um, uh, you know, which site you go to. But we're putting in place the electronic tablet. We're going to have that after you early next week. That's the platform that allows those eligible people to make their appointments and reservations.
0: Uh Aha, that's my next question. You talked on your press conference yesterday that we will be notified when our turn comes up. Could you specify how the notification takes place?
1: Uh, What we're going to have is um, you can go to our site or, um, you know, access on the tablet. We'll have a complete list of everybody who's eligible. Either we will text you and say, now's your turn, go and, um, you know, register for your vaccine, or you'd be proactive. We haven't quite figured that out yet, but we'll be able to tell you on Monday.
0: So if I do not go to the site and if I don't register... Does that mean that I wouldn't be notified, or is there some other way, maybe through a patient portal where you could be notified?
1: I I think the latter. I think, uh, look, at the beginning there's going to be a big rush, let's face it. Um, You know, we we always hear about people who are vaccine-hesitant. I'm hearing about people saying, put me to the front of the line. Um, So there'll be a rush, but then if there are people that should be vaccinated who haven't signed up yet, we'll find you.
0: Do you have a target date for when you are hoping – that every resident who wants the vaccine will have had the vaccine? Uh, this
1: next group, of all the essential workers, the older folks, who, people who live in particularly congested um, environments, multi-generational, I think they will all have uh, their first vaccine uh, within a couple of months, and they'll have a second vaccine a month or so later. So that gets us out to uh, late spring. And then we'll uh, slowly start moving into the broader population, I think probably the last group, uh, might as well be blunt are um young people because the vaccines haven't even been approved for young people as yet.
0: Let me change gears here. The elephant in the room has to be the incident that took place at the US Capitol a couple of days ago. Tell me your thoughts as you watch that unfold.
1: Uh Wayne, it was heartbreaking. Um and I hated the pictures. I hated the pictures because I'm somebody who's done, you know, some work around the world and I know um I know how people admire the United States' the last best hope on Earth. And uh, I see those folks looking at those pictures saying, oh, my God, that's not America. That's not um, the place I've always dreamed of. So I I hated what it said about this amazing country. But we finished our briefing yesterday by showing Nancy Pelosi and Vice President Pence um, dropping the gavel and the smooth transition of power on a bipartisan basis. So I want to give people a positive thought our institutions held.
0: And I know we're less than two days removed from that incident, but have you and your people had talk about making sure that we are safe here in Connecticut? I'm talking in particular the Capitol, and for that matter, even the governor's residence.
1: Yeah, I mean, they monitor the uh, social media very closely. Um, People are pretty on edge, no question about it. Uh, We had um, a, a fair number of protesters in and around the Capitol on opening day two days ago. It was, uh, you know, mainly peaceful, mainly peaceful, but uh, we're being cautious.
0: I'm just wondering whether there's going to be some changes in protocol made to make sure that what happened there does not happen here. Uh, look, our state, our
1: state police and our uh, capital Police are, are on it. They're really paying attention. A little bit of extra, super, uh, you know, surveillance right now. I was a little surprised in Washington, weren't you? Were? Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and including they were just totally outnumbered. By the protesters. I thought it was shocking. Now, while we're on the topic of the Capitol, and you just talked about some of this on the State of the State address the other day, but can you outline some of your legislative priorities in this upcoming session? Well, priority number one is always is to
1: um, get another honestly balanced budget on time. Uh, we did that uh, two years ago. I think it makes a big difference. We ended last year with a small surplus. Not everybody has that. Number two, we've got to figure out, um, I've got these executive orders, you know, our restaurants at 10 o'clock, uh, no bars, schools open. Um, we've got to figure out where the legislature wants to play in that. And uh, do they extend the, uh, my authority a little bit longer just because COVID is still uh, on the uh,
0: upswing? You did not address a possible tax increase or tolls. Where do you stand on that right now on January 8th?
1: Well, what I did say is uh, because we have the largest rainy day fund uh, uh, we've ever had and uh, because we did not let anybody take money from it uh, last year, um, we are in a strong position to uh, power through this year without uh, big cuts in social services and without any broad tax increases. That's something I am going to hold to.
0: And how much of a factor is the need for a tax increase or tolls in that the deficit in the current fiscal year has dropped to $640 million after being initially projected as high as $2 billion? I mean, we're still in the hole, but we're not as bad as some people thought, so you may not need some of those extra taxes.
1: No, that's right. Um, it's, it's a little more complicated next
0: year and, uh, you know, the year that starts
1: July one. And there we do have a deficit, and uh, there it's uh, a lot contingent upon what we see coming from the federal government and to what type of support. You know, it's Connecticut and 49 other states have this hole going forward just because our income tax revenues, you know, slipped a little bit. But you're absolutely right. With the stimulus, our numbers in this current year were better than we had anticipated six months ago.
0: And tell me your stance on sports betting internet gaming, and legalized marijuana, will those take place in 2021?
1: Look, I think uh, it makes sense and that uh, we ought to do this. Um, we've got some negotiations going on with the tribes uh, and working with the legislature as well, but uh, all of our neighbors are doing this, and uh, I think it's something that we should have figured out.
0: And the CARES Act, too, will be providing relief for the unemployed and help Connecticut businesses in economic recovery. Obviously, that's good news for the folks who are out of work right now. Just tell me what you think the CARES Act, the recent version of it, will do to help Connecticut.
1: Well, let's focus on the small businesses, which have been hit so hard. I mean, we've put in place our uh, grant program. We're sending out um, a couple thousand checks to all the um You know, restaurants and bars and others as we speak right now. That's a couple thousand um, small businesses. And that's a bridge to the Paycheck Protection Program, same thing as the feds did in the spring. Then that money ran out. And that's going to give us uh, a few billion to help.
0: Man, I always like ending these chats on a positive note. And last time we talked, we talked about that really interesting video. And I mentioned people could email me and I'll send them the link where where, uh, you and the wife took folks on a tour of the governor's residence and it kind of wrapped up with you sitting down and tickling the ivories you got it done on the keyboard i was very impressed and my friend john tood here my newsman reminded me that you went up on the shabu stage on the opening weekend of the shabu stage and you put down some notes on the keyboard then too what are your memories of that <laughs> i remember that like yesterday you kidding you know every um...
1: Folks, my, you know, when I, we were kids, maybe we want to be president. I, I love the idea of playing keyboard on stage uh, with a, a good group. So that was uh, my little Walter Mitty moment. And, yeah, look, we used to have um, thousands of people over the course of the Christmas season coming through the residence, the people's house. And it just was, you know, breaking my heart that we couldn't do it. So we figured let's have a little fun with the video and show people uh, what it's like and see you next year.
0: Governor, a lot of important information has gone on this week, and I thank you for recapping it for us. Thank you for joining me today. That's to you, Wayne. Bye. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, our guest on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.